You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Just win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team, Just every win. day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache, he growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to the Locked On Raiders podcast. I'm your host, your boy Q. You know you can find me on Twitter at all times. Always get down on Twitter at your boy Q254. This is Tuesday's edition. Right now, there's not a lot of positives going on with Raider Nation. There's not a lot of positives going on with the Raiders. I mean, there's basically nobody nationally saying anything positive about this team. And on top of that, there's not a lot of people that are locally saying anything positive about the Raiders. Normally, it's just the national heads. But, you know, a lot of the national heads, and I know I went pretty hard after uh, Colin Cowherd, but uh, a lot of the national heads were kind of spot on with their predictions of the season before the season ever got started. So uh, I hate the fact that I went after a couple of those guys, but, you know, I just felt like they had an axe to grind. And you know what? They, they might have had an axe to grind. And it just so happens that they come out to be true so far with the Raiders sitting at one and five. So I said when I went after guys like him and, and other national media heads that uh, if, if I was proven wrong and they were proven right, then I'd come out and say that. So I'm definitely saying that. So there's a lot of uh, negatives going on right now with the Raiders, and I think that we all kind of realize exactly what it is. I mean, the fact that I hardly talked about the game at all on Monday kind of tells you all you need to know. Also, before I really dive deep into the Locked On Raider podcast Tuesday edition, there's a, a, a funny website out right now, and I talked about it on my radio show on, on Monday. Uh, talked about it on the Black Hole Banter podcast with my man James Arcelana at Raiders Reporter on Twitter, and now I want to definitely bring it to you as well on the Locked On Raiders podcast, and it's isgrudengoneyet.com. Yeah, that's where we're at right now. isgrudengoneyet.com, a website set up by Raider Nation, set up by the fans, or set up by a fan at least of uh, you know, the Raiders and and it's just basically counts down how long his contract is, how long how much money uh, he's made since I've been on the website and look, I I got on the website as soon as I started the podcast, which I'm about 2 minutes into it. So far he's made $24.90 since I've been on and uh basically the answer when you click on the website is no. And it tells you exactly how many years. He has nine years, 13 weeks, two days, 16 hours, 32 minutes, and three seconds left in his contract. And he's still owed, since you arrived, he's still owed $92,269,683,000. Yeah, so Gruden has made $32,33 since you've arrived, $7,730,319,000 in total since I started this podcast. Now... The thing I'm going to do is I'm going to continue to let this run because you have to stay on the website the whole time. If you don't stay on the website, then it'll, it'll, it'll reset itself. So I'm going to stay on it the whole time that I do this podcast. And at the very, very end, 
I'm going to say how much Gruden has made since we did this or since I started this podcast on today's Tuesday edition. I think it's actually pretty funny. So uh, that, that that's what it is. Coming up in uh, segment number three on today's show, just want to give you a little bit of preview of how it's going to go down. I'm going to be playing some calls from the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line that, that can talk about anything Raiders, anything Raiders related, because uh, I'm definitely going to get to those calls. I always get to those calls. You know, I love to uh, play them back. 707-654-4693. If you're new to the show, if you just now found the podcast, it's 707-654-4693. And there's no message. It's not me jumping on there saying, hey, this is the Lockdown Raider podcast. It's none of that. It's just it's just the uh, the caller you're in event whatever is not available. Please leave a message. If you hear that, that is correct. I know I had a guy uh, today, uh, or yeah, today New York uh, Raider eighty eight. He uh, he hit me up and said, "Is that the right message or is that the right uh, you know is that the right number and everything?" And it is seven zero seven six five four four six nine three. So thank you, uh, New York Raider eighty eight, for uh, checking in with me and and making sure that that was the right number. But it is. So if you're new to the podcast, you could definitely hit me up at any time, and you will. Be heard. You are the voice of Raider Nation as well. I'm just a guy that's putting it out there for you. But you are definitely a voice, and whatever is on your mind, you can uh, definitely be heard, and that's how you do it. So that's going to be in segment number three. In segment number two, I'm going to play some calls, but it's going to be a little bit different because on Monday's episode, I posed a question about who you'd like to see traded, who do you think should be traded, who do you not want to see traded, because we know October 30 is coming up, and there's a lot of rumors out there right now who may be available as far as the Raiders go, who uh, you know, who, who could be on their way out of town. Is it a complete fire sale, which it absolutely looks like it is right now. I've talked about it many times, many weeks. I've been saying it's not a rebuild. It's like a reconstruction. No, Raider Nation, let's not get this twisted. It is absolutely a rebuild. Damn what I was saying. Uh, I thought it was a little bit better than where it was. I thought the status was a little bit better, but it is absolutely a rebuild. It is absolutely a fire sale. After everything I saw on Sunday, I had no other thing to say except for yes. <laughs> Absolute rebuild. So in segment number two, I'm going to be playing the calls back that I received. And I just got a couple calls that I received on that. And and look, we'll continue to do that throughout the week. You know, anytime that you hear the podcast, you may hear it like on Wednesday. Or you might hear it on Thursday and you want to respond to it. You can. It is all good. 707-654-4693. But since I asked the question on Monday, I'm definitely going to uh, play those calls for sure in segment number two and speak on it and speak on some guys that are rumored to be traded like Amari Cooper, Garyon Conley, Carl Joseph. I'm going to break down what they've done so far in their Raiders career and uh, give you my thoughts on if any of those guys should be traded. Those are the main three that have been talked about possibly being traded. There's obviously uh, some veterans that are available as well, but more more and all is just those guys are the, are the three big guys that possibly can get something back in, in return. Amari Cooper, Gary on Con- Conley, and Carl Joseph. So I'll do that in segment number two. Right now, though, my man Daryl in L.A., he called on, uh, on Sunday night, and uh, it was on Monday's edition, and he was talking about Reggie McKenzie and the job he's done since taking over as the GM and uh, what I thought of the job he did. Was he the guy? Did he set the team up for success, or did he set him up for failure? And it's funny because the fan base is really split on this. Really, really split on this. A lot of folks think that Reggie McKenzie is uh, not a very good GM. He hasn't done very good things. And I'll tell you right now, man, there's, there's a couple different ways you can look at it. But uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at it from both sides. I'm going to look at it from what he's done with the money, what he's done with the salary cap, what he's done since he took over in 2012, what he's done up until this present day. And I'm not going to say anything about 2018 because, well, 2018, John Gruden has been in the house and we all know that he's got 100% control. So when Reggie McKenzie was hired, it was right after Al Davis died. Al Davis died, and then the, the following season, Mark Davis knew that he couldn't do football operations, and he hired Reggie McKenzie. So 2011 was the last year that the Raiders did not have a GM. 
So Jason Campbell, you remember he got hurt in that 2011 season. Hugh Jackson was the, the head coach. He went out and he made the dumb, boneheaded trade for Carson Palmer, gave up a first-round draft pick in 2017, or 2000, excuse me, 2012, just to, to get, pick up Carson Palmer. That bum. And I'm sorry, that was the dumbest trade. I couldn't believe it when he did it, but he did it. Think about this. I know I'm sidetracking right now, but think about this. If, if Jason Campbell doesn't get hurt in 2011 and Carson Palmer never becomes a Raider and they never have to trade away their first-round pick, that team ended up 8-8 eight and eight in 2011 under Hugh Jackson. That team didn't have superstar talent. It just didn't. I mean, it had a bunch of journeymen, and it had a bunch of guys that aren't even in the league anymore. And after they left, the Raiders really didn't find too much success in the league after that. Most of them were ended up gone. Like Jacoby Fords, Denarius Moores, you know, guys like that. Uh, they're, they're just not even in the league, and they weren't in the league too much longer after they left the Raiders. Jason Campbell, hell, he went to, like, the Browns and the Bears, and, I mean, he washed out of the league pretty quickly as well. But they were finding ways to win games. They were 8-8 eight and eight that season. And if Jason Campbell doesn't get hurt, I really think that they make the playoffs and, you know, they, they probably win a game or so. You know, I don't, I don't think they were a Super Bowl team or anything, but it was funny how they were just finding ways to win. It was like true Raider fashion that a bunch of misfits, a bunch of outcasts were just winning games. And they had no control, no discipline. Like Hugh Jackson has no discipline at all. They were leading the league in, in penalties and they were just stupid penalties. And it was just, it was what it was. But... Again, true Raider fashion is what they were doing. So Al died October 8th, and I swear after that happened, like, all hell broke loose. And it's not like it was surprising. We all knew that, you know, he was on his way out. But when Jackson made that trade for Palmer, and that sucked, uh, then Hugh was fired after Reggie was hired. Uh, the salary cap, that was the first thing that, that uh, Reggie uh, attacked. He stripped down that whole whole roster, got rid of all those stupid contracts that were there, and a lot of that was Al Davis is doing. Don't, let's not get that twisted. Reggie McKenzie just obliterated the, and I don't even know if that's the right word, but anyway, he got rid of all that stupid money. The Raiders had millions on top of millions on top of millions of dead money, but he knew that he was doing what was right for the salary cap, and he did a hell of a job with that, got all that money in line. And let's be honest what else he's done. He wrote some dynamic contracts, dynamic contracts. When he signed guys to free agent contracts and when he signed guys to extensions, they were dynamic when you looked at, at the, the numbers, you know, it was one thing to look at guaranteed money. It was one thing to look at, like, the length of the contract. But also, you had to look at when you were able to get out of that contract and not have any dead money. And he was really good at saving dead cap space. And there wasn't, I mean, the, the Raiders traditionally, as of the last few years under, under Reggie, have not been uh, giving up a lot of dead cap money. They just haven't. I mean, think about the Amerson contract. When they gave him the extension, they were able to move on from him pretty easily. Look, they just moved on from Crabtree just a little while ago. Uh, this this season, matter of fact. Uh, but look, think about this. This year, the Raiders have about $8 million in dead money on the books. And that's kind of high for a Reggie McKenzie team. But like I said, Big Reg isn't in charge. We know what's going on right now. This is all Dog. He's handling his business. He's, he's taking cap hits. He's not worried about it. But $8 million is still not bad. But if you, think, if you look at 2017... The Raiders only had $4 million in dead money. And right now, in 2019, they're scheduled to only have 779000 in dead money. But obviously, that'll change when some guys get released and moved on from. But man, I'm telling you, Reggie did a really good job with writing contracts, being able to get out of contracts, and also you know, just getting that salary cap into good position. And at one point, remember the one year when the Raiders had about $100-something million in, in cap space? And man, we all thought that Reggie was going to go crazy in free agency. And he didn't. And I will say he blew that. He blew that opportunity to go out and get some real good talent with all that money. It's like he just sat on it and didn't do anything with it. So that was, that was something that I didn't like that he did. But as far as money-wise goes and salary cap goes, I think Reggie was spot on. He did a good job with that. I'll give him that. But now, if we want to talk about personnel and draft, I'm going to have to say I think he was just okay. 
I don't think he was special, but he wasn't that bad. I mean, look, in 2016, this team went 12-4. and Let's not forget that. They went 12-4, and and yes, a lot of games went their way at the end. They won some games that they probably shouldn't have won, but they did. But either way, man, you are what your record is, regardless if it's good, bad, or ugly. And it was 12-4, and and if Derek Carr doesn't get hurt, that team goes on a deep run. Again, you see the trend here? If Jason Campbell doesn't get hurt in 2011, that team makes the playoffs, in my opinion. If... Derek Carr doesn't get hurt in 2016. That team goes on a deep run. Who knows what could have happened because they were, they were just winning games. They were winning games when they shouldn't have won games. And they just they had that, that just kind of magic riding with them. I think that they really could have challenged the, the Patriots in the AFC if he doesn't get hurt. I do believe that they were to beat the Texans uh, in, the, in the playoffs because, hell, I was at that game. And the Raiders almost had – well, they didn't almost win. But with Connor Cook getting his first career start, he had opportunities to win that game. They didn't win that game ultimately, but – Derek Carr would have won that game against the Texans, and then who knows? They would have gone on to to the Patriots, and and well, you know, they would have had to win that one. It would have been on the road. It would have been tough, but they would have had a puncher's chance. That's that's absolutely true. So, uh, as far as like I said, he built some teams. He did give the Raiders opportunities to win. Now, I don't, I'm not saying he was like Ozzie Newsome. He wasn't, uh, you know, Bill Polian and Ted Thompson. I mean, he's not in, in in any kind of that that range or anything. But I don't think he was awful. I don't think he was just like just terrible I think he just did just enough just enough to help this team get this team in position to win there is absolutely enough talent on that team that the Raiders could have won games so ultimately if you want to talk about Reggie and the job he did and I was going to go through the draft and just tell you everybody he drafted but I don't don't think I have to relive all that I don't think I have to rehash all that I think you finally get the or you don't finally get the point but you do get the point that Reggie McKenzie was he was a decent GM I'm not going to say he was good I'm not going to say he was great but I'm not going to say he was all bad either if you're talking about all-around performance, I'm going to say he was pretty decent, especially since the fact that the Raiders didn't have a GM. The GM was Al Davis. And at the end of Al Davis, we all know, for all the great things that Al Davis did for the Raiders, and look, the Raiders would not be the Raiders without Al Davis, but all the good things that he did for the Raiders, at the end of Al Davis, it was all bad. I remember the signs on 880 in the Bay. I remember the signs on 580 saying, Al Davis, please hire a GM. Please hire a GM. I mean, Raider Nation fans spent their own money, spent their own money, to get a billboard put up so Al Davis could see it, so uh, he would go and buy and hire a GM. Well, we all knew he wasn't going to do that, but that's just how bad it got. So I know it's easy to pile on Reggie McKenzie and say, oh, he was terrible, he was only good at the salary cap. I think he did a decent job. And again, he had enough players on that team that could have won and won big time. In 2016, that Raiders team was as good as any other team in the league. It really was. They, could, they had a puncher's chance with anybody. I'm not saying they were better. They weren't the most dominant team in the league, but they absolutely had a puncher's chance with anybody. I picked them and the Cowboys to be in the Super Bowl that year, and I think both teams could have easily made it to the Super Bowl if they had some things go right for them. And obviously, Derek Carr doesn't break his leg, and I was at that game Christmas Eve. I will never forget it. It was absolutely just, oh, it was so, it was heartbreaking. It was heart-wrenching. It was like someone pulled my soul out of my my body but I don't want to relive old stuff and old bad stuff but that's what happened Christmas Eve 2016 I was at the game Mama Q was at the game Little Q was at the game and Littler Q was at the game and uh, it was it was good times until that broken leg all right so that's that's my thoughts on Reggie McKenzie overall decent not bad not great decent to almost good I'm just gonna put it there you can give me your feedback on that if you'd like I have no problem with that on Twitter at your boy Q254 or you can hit me on the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 
888-346-9393. All right, so coming up in segment number two, going to talk trades. Who could be traded from the Raiders? The guys we're hearing the most right now, Amari Cooper, Carl Joseph, Garyon Conley, you know, more Cooper and Joseph than anything, but we're going to talk about that next. Going to play some calls that I got from that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. That's coming up next, segment number two on the Locked On Raiders podcast. But before I get into that, you know I got to tell you about my bookie, right? MyBookie.com and the great things that they're doing for a lot of people all across the country trying to get them hooked up with some money. And look, gambling has become a huge, big business, and it's going to continue to grow. It used to be one of those things where you gamble, you gamble in Vegas. Now you can gamble worldwide, and people are taking advantage of it. And the way to take advantage of it is go through MyBookie. So if you want to dibble and dabble, you want to put your feet, your toes into it in a little bit, get you some money, or at least attempt to get you some money, do it with my bookie. I know some real degenerate ass gamblers and they use mybookie.com and that's not a disrespect. I'm just saying that they're that's what they do. That's what they do and they do it all the time and they do it with mybookie.com. I make fun of them but they're making a lot of money. So uh, I'm not mad at them. Go ahead to go to mybookie.com, open up a, an account today. Whatever you deposit, they're going to match it as long as you use the promo code locked on. If you do it after 7 p.m. Eastern time and put locked on 25, you're going to get an extra 25 uh, as well. They're going to match it plus put 25 on top of that. So go ahead and do the damn thing. Get hooked up with mybookie.com. And coming up next is segment number two on the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to the Locked On Raiders podcast. I'm your boy Q. You can hit me on Twitter at your boy Q254. And uh, just want to give you a quick update before we get into segment number two. I want to give you a quick update on isgrudengoneyet.com. That's the website that I talked about in segment number one. Told you that it will actually tell you how much money Gruden has made since you've been on the website. And I've been on the website the whole time I've been doing this podcast. And uh, in segment number one, when I talked about it, I think I was up to $7. Right now, I'm up to $63. So Gruden has made $63 already in the time that I've been on it. Uh, he's made $7,730,350 since he's been a Raiders head coach. He still owed $92,269,647. So I'm just saying, and this is only the beginning of segment number two. So Gruden's making money at a, at a quick, rapid pace. I wish I could do that. Man, I'm trying to tell you, if I could do that, woo! Look out now. All right, but anyway, it's time to get serious. And I want to talk about Mari Cooper, Garyon Conley, Carl Joseph. Those are the guys that have really been the ones you've been hearing their name the most in, in possible trades. And, you know, I'm going to continue to throw this question out there. You can give me your thoughts at any time. Maybe you just discovered the, the podcast today at 707-654-4693. There's no greeting message. There's no personal one for me. It's just automatic. It's auto, automated saying leave a message or not. That's what you got to do. Uh, it's the right number. Please believe that. Uh, but yeah, lock, matter of fact, just lock the number in your phone. You won't have to worry about it. 707-654-4693. You're going to do that real slow for you. All right. So uh, the, the trade thing is, is what we're talking about right now, because it looks like it's a fire sale with the Raiders. It looks like it's a situation where they are open for business and pretty much anybody. But the names that have really been floated out there, Amari Cooper, Carl Joseph, Gary on Conley, those are the main three. Any veteran that's there is available. I know some People have heard that you know Derek Carr is going to be available. I don't. I'm not buying that, so I'm not even going to put him into this equation right now. I'm just going to go ahead and go with the three main names that I've been hearing the most. And really, out of those three names, I've been hearing Cooper and, and Carl Joseph the most. Let me tell you about Amari Cooper. His career stats first: 52 games, 225 catches, 3,183 yards, and 19 career touchdowns in 52 games with the Oakland Raiders. 22 of those 225 catches. And 280 yards and one touchdown. That all happened this year. That's his stats for this year. 22 catches, 280 yards, and one touchdown. That's through six games. Really, it's only five games and a quarter because he got knocked out Sunday with no flag call, and I'm still salty about that. But, I mean, it is what it is. So, Cooper was a first-round pick in 2015, number four overall. His base salary 
is just under $14 million in 2019, which is on his fifth year option. So he's still got one more year on his contract and then he'll be a free agent. That is the fifth year option. So me personally, I think it would be silly when he's only 24 years old. I think it would be silly to move on from him. Now I get it. $14 million in 2019 is a lot of money and he's going to be owed. He's going to be looking for a contract extension and Joel Siegel is his his uh, agent. And Joel Siegel is the same agent as Khalil Mack has. So I totally get it. Totally get why, you know, someone would say, yeah, you need to move on from Cooper. But all of us as fans, all of Raider Nation were saying that Derek Carr would be good once he finally gets some weapons. He'd be good once he finally gets some weapons. That's what Amari Cooper is, is an absolute weapon. That dude can make some things happen. And when John Gruden took the job, he said he wanted to build the offense around him. Now, he hasn't really necessarily done that. And I know everything he said has not necessarily turned out to be the truth. But why would you want to take away that piece right there, especially if this is going to be a build. He's only 24 years old. This is going to be a build. This year is a wash. Okay, fine. He learns the offense. He, he, he gets his team, this offense built around him and Derek Carr. Those are the, the two main pieces right there. If you don't have those two pieces, I mean, who's going to be your long-term wide receiver that's going to be your stud? You know what I'm saying? Like, you hadn't had a 1,000-yard receiver since Randy Moss. That was the last 1,000-yard receiver you had before Amari Cooper. I, mean, I just don't understand why, why the Raiders would – just want to move on from a dude that quickly. And I get it, man, the money thing, but the Raiders have a lot of money in salary cap space in 2019 and moving forward. They really do. Especially now that Agent 52 ain't there. They ain't got to worry about that big salary. There's a lot of guys that with very manageable contracts in 2019. There's a lot of guys with expiring contracts in 2019 as well. So they're going to have plenty of cap space. That's not the problem. Unless for some reason Gruden thinks that Cooper just can't be the guy and is not the guy then I just don't see them moving on from him. I just really, really don't. That's just me, though. Carl Joseph, that's another subject. 30 career games, 139 career tackles, one sack, and two interceptions. He's only played in three games this season with no tackles defensively. I mean, he's doing absolutely nothing this year. He, he's not getting in the game unless somebody's injured and banged up and like he's the last guy on the bench, and they're like, ah, Carl, hey, 42. Yeah, go ahead and get in the game. Damn it, we can't hide him, can we? You know what I mean? It's like they don't want nothing to do with him. He can't get on the field. Coaches clearly don't like him. He, he's just not a fit. Uh, he was a first-round pick in 2016, number, four, or number 14 overall, and his base salary in 2019 is just over $2 million. So he has a couple years left on his deal. You could trade him to someone, a, a team that needs a safety, like the Falcons, who have a lot of injuries there, or another team, maybe the Titans, or you know a couple other teams that are out there available that need some safety help. Maybe you can move on from him. I'd be fine with that. I think that'd be a great idea anyway because clearly he's not a guy that is in the long-term goals and long-term plans of the Raiders. So Carl Joseph, absolutely I could see him moving on. Now Garyon Conley, that's a whole other subject. Eight games so far in his career, 17 tackles, seven passes defensed, and one interception and a touchdown on that one interception. He's played in six games this season, but Sunday he had zero defensive snaps. And against the Chargers week five, only 13 defensive snaps. So he's not really getting any kind of run. He's not getting any kind of burn. And he still has one interception and one touchdown this year. And he's only played in eight games. And two of them were in 2017. Uh, Most of the season he was out injured. In 2017, he was the first-round draft pick, number 24 overall. His base salary is just over a million dollars in 2019. So, look, he has a very manageable contract. His contract is very low as far as money. That's one thing. Like, Amari Cooper has just under $14 Garyon Conley has just over a million dollars. That's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket. That is absolutely nothing. So for all those reasons, plus the fact that he's still young, he was your first round pick in 2017, even though I didn't like that, for all those reasons, he's got to stay. That would be silly to move on from that quickly when you have a guy under contract that is a young guy who could be one of your real main, real deal defensive backs for a long time to come. 
He could end up being a shutdown guy. You just got to get him to work out the kinks. And sitting him on the bench is not going to help him work out the kinks. He's not going to work out any kinks from the bench. And I know you got to see it in practice before you want to see it on the field. But, damn it, you got to let Gary and Conley get some burn. You absolutely got to let him get some burn. If you don't, it's going to be all bad. He's got to find a way to get on the field and at least see what he can do. If you're going to give him a, a job interview, which I know everybody's having a job interview right now, let him ride out the rest of the season. You're already through six games. Let him play 10 more games. Let him start 10 more games. I mean, why you have Dominique Rogers cromartie who's like the same age as his number? His number's 45, and I know he's not that old, but damn, he might as well be. You know who he is. You know what he is, and you know he's not going to be on the team next year. So why is he out there riding right now? Let Garyon Conley hold down one side. If you want Worley to start, that's fine. I don't care. You don't like Rashad Melvin? That's fine. You ain't got to run him because he ain't going to be around next, next year anyway. But Garyon Conley has a chance, and he's only a million dollars, just over a million dollars in salary in 2019. Why would you not give that dude a chance? Again, Cooper and Carl Joseph are the, the two names I'm hearing the most. Conley has, has been sprinkled in there. I think they're just kind of bunched in there. Uh, and, and honestly, I've, I've seen some people say that everybody, everybody is, is available for trade. They might be. You know, I've even heard that Derek Carr could possibly be, and I, I think that that's silly too, and I don't think that makes any sense. But we will see how that goes. Charles Robinson uh, from Yahoo Sports, he actually had a really good article today, and I tweeted it out, and I tried to get him to be on the show today. I, I sent him a text message. was like, hey, man, could, could you come on the show? And, well, he never responded. So I guess that's what that tells me. <laughs> that didn't even tell me no. It just, no response. It told me all I needed to know. So uh, that's okay because I have a uh, Raider Nation here that, that can go ahead and speak on it. You know, I got some calls on the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line that is speaking on some potential trades. So let's get into it right now. 707-654-4693 is the number. And uh, I know we're going to go over our time limit for today, but I mean, it is what it is. Why not, right? That's how we roll. Raiders break the rules and I'll ask for forgiveness later. Uh, and yeah, instead of asking for permission, that's just what I do. So first call is up. My man Forrest in Phoenix. Yo, Q, it's your boy Forrest out here in Phoenix, Arizona, calling back again. I just wanted to call back and answer your question that you had stated on your most recent podcast about who we think should be traded. Honestly, I want to say Bruce Irvin. I'm sure a lot of people want to say Bruce Irvin, but we're not going to get anything in return from him. I, I doubt anybody will give up any type of pick for him the way he's been playing this year. And it's just whole demeanor and... The comments about, you know, making babies with his wife really pissed me off. You know, it's it's not like the guy who was in Buffalo who was saying that, you know, there was nothing to do, and that's that's why he made babies. Bruce Irvin here in Oakland, California, one of, one of the nicest places in America. And you to say that is just totally disrespectful. So I wish he could go, but there's no way anybody's going to give up anything for him. I wouldn't. So realistically, I don't I don't think we should trade anyone. I mean, we have enough draft picks, you know, that we're receiving from other teams. You know, I, there's really no reason to, to trade anyone. We should get the young guys out there and and just let them play. If we're going to be rebuilding, obviously that's what it is. We we should just let the young kids play. And if, if anybody needs to be traded, it needs to be some of the veterans that we signed to, to year deals or a couple-year deals. It's, it's just not worth it to to have them on the field when we have all these young players. So to answer your question, I would love for it to be Bruce Irvin, but nobody's going to give up anything for him. So realistically, uh, we should just stay put. It's already a bad team. There's no need for us to trade our young players, Conley, Cooper, or Carl Joseph. Maybe him, but we need to get all the young players out there. Thanks again. Love the show. 
He's already made something. All right, so there's Forrest right there. He's talking about Bruce Irvin. That's his best choice, but doesn't believe that the team will get anything back from him. And I will say that I would like to see him I'd like to see the Raiders move on from him as well. My guy from Locked On Seahawks, uh, Grant Goldberg, the guy that I did the crossover interview with last week, he wanted Bruce back. He thought that the Seahawks could really use Bruce Irvin, and he believes that they have an absolute chance to make the playoffs. And, look, he's really tight with Ken Norton Jr., so maybe Seattle would be willing to take him back. Reggie McKenzie has a good relationship with the front office in Seattle, so maybe maybe they could finagle something and get something back from him. I, don't, I wouldn't even care if you got – like a fifth-round pick for Bruce Irvin. I, honestly, I wouldn't care. He's, you know he's not going to be around in 2019, and he sure as hell ain't doing nothing in 2018. He's got three sacks. Three sacks and one forced fumble, and also one I-don't-care moment talking about um, you know, talking about his, his wife and his babies. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Bruce Irvin. That, that would be cool. But he doesn't want any of the young guys to be traded. It doesn't make any sense. Trade some of the older vets that are on the one- or two-year deal, and maybe Carl Joseph. And again, Carl Joseph makes all the sense in the world. So, Forrest of Phoenix, thank you so much for that call. Let's keep it rolling with Tony in L.A. Hey, Q, it's uh, Tony from L.A. I called a while back regarding Marshawn Lynch being the alpha guy of the team. Uh, I just feel like, first of all, that was like the worst Raiders' performance since last week. And it's just sad that Marshawn's going to have to go out this way. I feel like the same way when, you know, we couldn't get Wits into a playoff. But at least we won six games. Um, anyway, this is tough to watch. I think... Trading everyone isn't entirely crazy. There's no sense in paying anybody around this team yet. And to be honest, like, Colton Miller's been hurt. He played like the last two games. But the draft has gone well. Like, Gruden drafted some good players. And I like TJ Hall. Bo Hurst looks good. Alden Keyes, you know, coming into his zone. He got his first knock. Um, I mean, it just sucks to say it again. But it's literally, it's like we're watching the Raiders of five years ago when we had no answers on anything. And it's just tough to come to grips as a fan, but once you do, I feel like we can still not be as bleak. It's just really, I mean, I'm in LA. I, I, love, I would love to team the fan in California, but I can't imagine being in Oakland and having these last few years be like this, and then just having them leave with just a team for everyone to see before they go. It's really disappointing, man. Anyway, thanks for all the podcasts and all the work you're doing. It's been a tough season. Now, Tony, he takes a different approach, man. Tony's talking about trading. Everyone's not entirely crazy. Nobody has played very well as of late. And if you watch Sunday's game, nobody played very well. Remember when Eminem said, nobody listens to techno? Remember that? That's what I thought of when I watched that game because nobody did anything well on a Sunday against Seattle. And those two didn't even go together. But that's just I just wanted to say that anyway. So uh, he said there's no sense in paying anyone yet. He likes the draft class that Gruden mainly put together this season, him and Reggie. Uh, again, it was mainly Gruden, but he, he did like the, the class. P.J. Hall, Mo Hurst, Arden Key. You know, I think Nick Nelson's going to be something. We'll probably see him in, uh, what, week seven? or No, excuse me, week eight when they come back because in week seven they have the bye. But looks like Nick Nelson might actually get out there finally and get a little bit of burn. I think he's going to be good. You know, Garyon Conley and Nick Nelson could really be some two dynamic defensive backs, but they also got to get some burn, so... Uh, you know, Arden Key coming on pretty tough lately. Got his first sack on Sunday. That's cool. Had a nice little celebration dance, even though, you know, the Raiders were getting their tails kicked. But I get it, man. That was his first career sack, so he's got to celebrate a little bit. Tony, definitely appreciate that. Uh, again, let's keep this thing rolling. My man, Zane. Hey, how you doing, Q? with Zane. Um, you know, I didn't get to watch the game. Um, I was uh, out of state. I was driving, and I just couldn't. But, I, um, man, I, I don't think I want to go back and watch it, you know. But, um, you know, I've, seen, I've been seeing some reports that we're trying to trade Carl Joseph, which honestly is expected. He's not playing much. I guess the coaching staff doesn't like him. And then 
apparently some trade rumors about Amari Cooper. Now, honestly, at this point, I think we have to just accept it. I think I don't think this is a reconstruction. I think this is a straight-up rebuild. But I don't think it's the kind of rebuild that a lot of teams go through where it takes a couple of years. I think it's like a rebuild where it's about maybe one or two years because we got some good draft picks. We got four first-round draft picks over the next two years and a lot of money to play with. We can do a whole rebuild in about two years. I don't think this is a reconstruction, man. I'm sorry, but this is a rebuild, but they're they're trying to go for the short-term kind of rebuild, like a very, very fast rebuild, which rarely ever happens. Now, the big thing is, if John Gruden sees Derek Carr as the answer, I think he's the answer. I think he just needs more time to get acclimated into the system. I think he just needs to calm down, get those bad habits out of his system. But um, if John Gruden views Derek Carr as a solution at a quarterback, two years, I, that can work. But if John Gruden does not believe that Derek Carr is the answer, this, it's not good. We are screwed because it takes forever sometimes to find a quarterback. And I just, I can't see us being that lucky, to be honest. I don't, maybe it's our draft history, but I don't know. It's just trying to find the thought of going back to having to find a franchise quarterback. It's just, it's haunting, man. So that's all, that's all I have to say, man. Later. Now, Zane takes a whole nother approach. I thought Tony had another angle, but Zane takes a whole nother approach. He didn't get to see the game on on Sunday, he was driving out of state. Lucky for you, Zane. He doesn't want to rewatch it. I wouldn't either. But uh, he jumped right into the trade talk. Carl Joseph, he said, no surprise. He's not playing. Might as well get something for him. And Cooper, he says he feels like the fan base needs to accept that trade. So I guess he thinks, I guess Zane believes that Cooper's going to get traded, and we just need to accept it as a fan base. He's okay with it because the Raiders have plenty of draft picks coming back in the next couple years. They'll have plenty of money. And he thinks that this is no reconstruction. It's a rebuild, and you're absolutely right about that. But he thinks that this can happen. It's going to be a quick fix rebuild in like two years. Almost overnight, man, depending on who they get with their draft picks and how they spend their money that they're going to have. And they will, again, have plenty of draft picks and have plenty of money. And if you go and trade Amari Cooper, then boom, you're going to get some more draft picks. And, you know, you could really roll the dice. But just because you have all the draft picks don't mean that they're going to hit. A lot of times those draft picks, they all look good. Kind of like what my grandma said, just because it feels good don't mean it is good. You know what I'm saying? So just because you have, just because you have a, a lot of picks don't mean that they're going to pan out. Just because it looks good on paper means it's going to work out. That's my point there. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I still am, am no on trading Amari Cooper, but Carr's got to be the answer. If Carr's the answer at quarterback, then this thing could be done really quickly. If Gruden feels like he's not the franchise quarterback, then it's all bad and they're in for a long haul. And I can agree with that part. I mean, really, Gruden's got to be sold. He's got to be 100% sold on Carr. And I think he is right now, but, again, we'll see what Carr does the rest of the season. We'll see how Gruden's uh, talking about him at the end of the season. And I think he does have at least one more season to kind of prove that he's the guy as well. But we'll see. So great stuff right there from Forrest and Phoenix, Tony in L.A., and my man Zane. And, again, you can keep that coming anytime you want, 707-654-4693. I'll keep that, that topic alive as long as you want to speak on it. It is all good. So before we get into segment number three, I want to tell you about Blue Chew. Fellas right now are thinking, the hell some blue chew it's something that's going to help you with sex and i mean good sex fellas good sex is the only kind of sex right i mean it's kind of like what i said about my grandma what my grandma said you know just because it feels good don't mean it's always good well this blue chew is going to make it all good and if you're a female you can stop listening right now but <laughs> i'm just kidding but uh, yeah blue chew remember the days fellas when you could just go all time and you were always ready to go yeah well you could increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed that you need you could do it right now with bluechew.com 
That's like blue. The color blue? Yeah, bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. You can be ready whenever any opportunity arises, and you will too. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. Awkward? Yeah, none of that. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're even cheaper than at a pharmacy. So right now, got a special deal for the listeners. Visit BlueChew.com, get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code, CODE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code CODE to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better cheaper and faster choice and always we thank them for sponsoring the podcast segment number three is coming up next you are locked on raiders your daily podcast on the oakland raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome back, Raider Nation, to the Locked On Raiders podcast. This is segment number three. I'm your boy Q. You can reach me on Twitter at your boy Q254. And I've got to do a quick check. Is GrudenGoneYet.com? That is the website. And currently, since we've been doing the podcast today, he is up to $95.70 since we've been doing the podcast. He uh, is still owed $92,269,618. That's of right now. After segment number three, I'm going to check it one more time and we'll see where he's at. But yeah, John Gruden's getting paid well. If I was getting paid, this much money, as much as he's getting paid, if I was getting paid that for one episode of, of the podcast, boy, I'd be, man, I'd become, I'd be on uh, myboogie.com all the time. I'd be rolling the dice because I'd have all kind of money. Money, money, money. Yeah, I'd have all that bread. But uh, anyway, I don't. So it's cool. So John Gruden, you're going to have to get your gamble on for me. Let's get to some calls on the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line or off the line at 707-654-4693. I try to roll these out daily because, well, Raider Nation, they des- you deserve to be heard. I-, I don't need to be the only one heard. You need to be heard as well. So let's start things off with my man, NY Raider 88, New York Raider 88. Yo, Q, what's up, man? This is NY Raider 88, man. Um, I'm at a loss of words about these Raiders, bro. Um <laughs> You know, Gruden, he sees that car is getting harassed behind there. He doesn't move the pocket. He's not making any adjustments. Um, it's tough, man. This is this is totally not what I expected. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, just Derek Carr, too. I, his improvisational skills is haven't improved. Um, if the play isn't as, as it's drawn up, he either holds it too long or throws it one yard or spikes it. Um, you know, it, it's a mess right now. And then uh, him pulling Conley, he's not letting Conley get any burn. Um, you know, let him work through his troubles. Uh, it's just a mess, man. There's like no direction and, and it's all, it almost feels hopeless, man. Um, I said, I, I, you know, I will never quit rooting for the team, but. I certainly as hell gonna stop watching them. I only listen to them on the radio while I'm doing other shit, man. Cause uh, sorry for the curse, but you know it's just it's just very frustrating, man. And um, it, it seems like we've come really, really down from where we were at even in 2015. So, um, you know, I, I just hope for the best, and I expect the worst. So, um, <laughs> that's pretty much. The model the Raiders uh, can go by going forward now. So, you know, you do great stuff, Q. Keep it up, man. And um, really, this is the only good thing that us Raider fans have to look forward to right now. So um, keep doing your thing, man. 
one. All right, so he was at a loss of words about the Raiders. Gruden not making proper adjustments. Carr holding the ball too long, not pushing down the field. Everything's a big mess right now. Totally doesn't know what to expect. You know, Conley not playing. He's not happy about that. You need to let the young guy work through his issues. Say he's not going to watch the game on TV. Only going to listen on the radio while he does other stuff, other blank. But he will keep supporting the team, as he should, because he's part of Raider Nation, and that's just how we roll. We don't ever run from our team. Other fan bases do that, but we do not. So I totally understand your frustrations, NY Raider 88. Uh, appreciate you following the podcast. Appreciate you following me, showing some love and everything. It's all good. Just keep riding, man. It's Raider Nation till we die. It's just how we get down. All right, so let's uh, go out to Selena. Selena's checking back in from the OC. Hey, cute. Selena from the OC. Um I would say that the worst thing about this season is that, you know, obviously we, we went in with such high expectations and we've been blindsided, really. Um, so it's just been a tough, you know, punch to take, right? You know, we've, we've been through losing seasons before. They know that we're ride or die. Um, they know we can, we've been through it, we can handle it. So the question that I have is, why, if Gruden was rebuilding this whole thing, why didn't he come in and say that? So that's where I question. I don't. I don't know that he plans it this way. <laughs> um, it doesn't feel like there's a plan at all. And had he did plan it this way, that he really wanted to bring in all of these <clears throat> veterans, rookies. He wanted draft picks, et cetera. Then he should have told us. We would have stood by him had he told us. And that's where it's a little bit hard, too, because we're, um, you know, they're just not being honest with us. And the the fans that I feel worst for are the Bay Area fans because, you know, we, we really did think, we really did have hope that, we were going to have a, a stab at this championship. And now, as you're mentioning, you know, 2019 not being good, you know, perhaps even when they go to Vegas, they're not. But I really question um, why he wasn't forthcoming with this. And if he wasn't forthcoming and did not plan this, then how did he even get to this point? And, I mean, as you're mentioning, Gruden, it's all in his hands. And so that's who I'm referring to. How? <laughs> um, as far as answering your question on who would I trade, I don't even think that we have anybody left to trade, so I couldn't even answer that question. Anyways, thanks, Q. Raider Nation, ride or die. That's a good call right here, man. It feels like the fan base has been blindsided by the team and the intentions of John Gruden. You know, questions if the rebuild was the idea from the jump and also brings up the point that it almost feels like there's no plan. I'm not going to lie. There was a certain point of the game I was watching on Sunday, and I'm thinking, what in the world? What direction is this team going? I did think that. So I know where Selena's coming from. Yeah, it feels bad for the fan base, especially the fan base in the Bay. They're losing the team, and they're losing games. I'm with you. Totally with you. You know, questioning why Gruden wasn't truthful about the plan from the jump, if that was the plan. You know, again, her big word from that call was blindsided. Nobody likes to be blindsided in any walk of life at anything. You don't want to get blindsided at your job. You don't want to get blindsided in your relationship. You don't want to get blindsided by your kids. You don't want, I mean, that's just, if you put blindsided in any conversation, you don't like it. That outcome is not good. I'm serious. You do any kind of conversation, you do any kind of, any kind of phrase or whatever, any sentence, and the word blindsided, and it's directed at you, it's not good. 
There's not one time that you can say, oh, that was a good blind side. No, there's no such thing. No such thing. It doesn't exist. It's kind of like other fan bases calling themselves nation. That doesn't exist either. <laughs> All right? That's damn near as bad as blindsided. But no, nobody wants to be blindsided. So, Selena, I'm with, right there with you. Appreciate the call from the OC. Uh, one more call for the night. Let's go to my man Jim, representing H-Town. Hey, Q. This is Jim from Houston, Texas. I called last week on my uh, being excited about my trip to to Oakland. But, man, I can't believe what just happened. Like, what, what's going on with the Raiders, man? Like, that game, was, that Seahawks game was just bad. Like, ah. I feel sorry for all the fans that travel all the way to London for that game. Like, man, I just, I hope they loaded up on that Guinness beer because, man, that's all I would have been done. Ah, man, it, it's sad. Like, what is going on? Like, really, what's going on with this team? I'm hearing they're looking for a first-round pick for a Cooper. Like, two years ago, we were just a playoff team. Now we're just, like, in rebuilding mode. Like, man... And I have a Bears fan as a coworker, so you know he he's very much Khalil Mack. Actually, he didn't even call him Khalil Mack; he calls him Career. Yeah, like Career. I don't know. It's it kind of softens the blow, you know, in a way. But uh, I mean, it's hard to swallow this. I mean, I'm still tuning into these games, but you know, uh, I just God, please just beat the Colts, beat the freaking Colts. I love God. My first NFL game, and I'm nervous, but ah. Uh, but thank you so much, man. Have a great day. Bye. All right, Jim called last week. He's going to the Coliseum for the Colts game. Remember, he, spent, he said he spent about a grand to make sure he could be in the building. Uh, and, and now he's just kind of frustrated, wondering what the heck is going on. I totally understand, Jim. And, uh, man, oh, man, I, I'm kind of fearful. I'm not going to lie to you. In the back of my, my mind, I'm kind of fearful for the Colts game coming up at the Coliseum just because I remember where I was when the Colts played at the Coliseum two years ago, 2016. We all know. Uh, anyway, I don't even need to keep bringing it up, but every time I think of the game, the Colts game, and I think about the Coliseum, we all know I think about Derek Carr and that damn leg. Man, oh, man. Oh, man. Anyway, but he brings it up. Two years ago, the team was in the playoffs, and now it's a full, complete rebuild. So... He, 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 I mean, he's going to go to his first NFL game. It's only right that you go to your first NFL game, you see your favorite team, the Oakland Raiders, win at the Oakland Coliseum probably the last year that they'll ever play in the Coliseum. I mean, Raiders, damn it, if you don't win for no other reason, if you're not going to win for yourself, damn it, win for Jim. Do it for Jim. I'm going to do a hashtag, do it for Jim. On the day of that game, Jim, I'm gonna, I, swear, I swear to you, as my skin is black, I'm a hashtag, do it for Jim. If you don't do it for no other reason, Raiders, win it for Jim. Raider Nation, I think you should all do the same. Anyone who listens to the Lockdown Raiders podcast, I think we should all do the same thing. We should start a movement. We should get it trending the day that the Raiders play the Colts. Do it for Jim or win it for Jim. Let's do Let's say win it for Jim. Just win for Jim. Boom. There it is. Hashtag just win for Jim. Damn it, Jim. We're doing some big things now. Let's put that on a T-shirt, man. We can make some money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hashtag just win for Jim. That's what we're going to do. When you go to the Colts game, Jim, we're hashtagging it. Just win for Jim. That's how I get down. Man, we didn't came to, we didn't came together like butt cheeks, and we came up with a hell of a solution. So that's what it is. That's gonna be the. I, I'm gonna drop the mic on that one. Boom, done deal. I appreciate those calls. NY Raider 88, Selena and, o, and the OC, and Jim in Houston. Uh, definitely appreciate those calls, and you can always keep them coming. Uh, we got a long time before the next game because, well, the Raiders on a bye week. Thank God. 707-654-4693. That is the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line. And uh, right before we go, is Gruden gone yet? That's the website. Currently, he's made $120 since I logged onto the website. That means he's made $7,730,406 the time he's been a Raiders head coach, and he's still owed $92,269,592. Not bad. Not a bad living, Mr. Gruden. So until next time, we're going to say 
Just win for Jim. <laughs> We're going to do that for, right before the Colts game. We're going to get that trending. And then, as always, just win, baby. <laughs>